Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we understand, it's that money can be confusing. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money today on Talking Sense. Have you been looking for true love only to be swindled by a money-grabbing Middle Eastern man you found on Tinder? Well, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news for you. The bad news is that we're not love gurus, so we can't help you with your love life. But the good news is that we are here to tell you about how to protect your money. How in the world did you come up with this particular instance? Like, this is not something that happens every day where there's a money-grubbing Middle Eastern man that you find on Tinder. So where'd that come from? Well, first of all, I'm surprised that you know what Tinder is. So I, there, I, I'm that. just going to be honest, and I'm going to own that <laughs> Tinder was not a thing for me. I've never been on it. Okay. And I don't think very highly from what I've heard of it. Uh-huh. But where did that even come from? So it's it's from a documentary that they put on Netflix. So. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Netflix? Yes, thank you very much. Okay, oh my sure. goodness. <laughs> and I'm guessing from the title that that's what this Tinder swindler thing comes from? Yes, exactly. It's uh, this guy that uh, basically makes these women fall in love with him and each uh, woman then pays for his next escapade with the other woman. Oh it's, my word, yeah, it's that's ridiculous. So I guess the next parallel we, we've got in here is from like the 1840s when they had the big gold rush, right? Fueled yes. by the promise of striking rich by mining for gold. And many people thought they'd hit it big when they really had found pyrite, which is fool's gold. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you tell the real from the fake, the, the tender swindlers from the real um, solid financial decisions that you can make and trust? And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is not being taken for a fool. Exactly. Exactly. So... Number one, we would say protect yourself, right? So whether it's scams or bad investments, they say that the best offense is a good defense. Mm-hmm. And that's very true when it comes to, to this topic because you can make a lot of money, but you, if you fall prey to a cyber attack or a scam, you can lose all of it in a fraction of the time that it took to build it. Yes. So there's some steps you can take to prepare yourself to protect yourself on the front end. One of those is you can use a cyber protection service to monitor your credit, to monitor your transactions and notify you when there's something that may be compromised. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are different services out there. There's also um, the actual credit reporting agencies. You can go on there and do some protections through those sites as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we talk about that a little bit later on, but yeah, uh, things like LifeLock or like you said, with the uh, different uh, credit bureaus, you can actually lock or freeze your credit mm-hmm. to to avoid having somebody else opening up accounts in your name, that kind of thing. Now, your next suggestion is one of those things that I am guilty of not doing. And mm. you talked with my personal stuff, of course, here at work, <laughs> we change our passwords all the time. And we have like yeah, we 72 do. of them and they all have to be really complicated so that people's information is secure. Mm-hmm. But on my personal accounts, I have probably used the same password for like 10 years. Okay. Well, which is not good. Fraudsters out there. Here's a (laughs) golden opportunity. Come find me. It'll be easy. (laughs) No, I I will say the passwords that I use have nothing to do with me. So anybody (laughs) who knows me would not be able to guess them. Does that make sense? Like, it's not like it's one of my kids' names or date of births or crazy stuff like that. That's really easy to figure out. Yeah. Mine is totally unrelated to me. So I do have that going for me, right? Yeah. You (laughs) you do. (laughs) So, yeah, kind of to allude to what Teresa just said, you definitely want to make sure that you're not using names, phone numbers, dates of birth. those things that uh, fraudsters would be able to find uh, on the internet or you know for paying some amount of money out there to get that data so definitely make sure that you're adding a good layer of protection there there's you know services out there that help generate 
these random passwords. So that might be a good solution for you if you are just sitting there and can't come up with one because I know that happens to me all the time. Like every time like, that why? those 90 days comes <laughs> up and you have to change the password and you're like, oh my gosh, how it's I've like the hardest thing to think of a new password. But uh, thankfully, we've uh, we've come up with a good solution for that here. So Yes, yes. And the next thing you talked about here is not opening suspicious emails. And this can also be text. So I've gotten text messages oh, yeah. from myself Telling what? me, yes, this last week I got two text messages from me to me, <laughs> someone obviously spoofing my phone number, what? telling me that I had won something and I needed to click a link to go collect my prize. And I'm thinking, how did you did ask I? yourself what you won? You know, I said, self, <laughs> how did you win something? Um, but, you know, it, this is a common practice where it'll look like a legitimate email and we get these all the time at work and we have to be very cautious of it. I don't follow a link unless I have verbally confirmed with the individual that they meant to send it to me. And Facebook Messenger is the same. Oh, yeah. How many people's accounts have been compromised by clicking on a link that their friends send them? So Mm -hmm. if you send me a link, chances are you're going to get a call from me first saying, hey, did you mean to send me a link to something? Mm -hmm. Because if you click on that link, often that's allowing some sort of application to open on on your phone, your computer, that can compromise your information. Yeah. Right now, I've got an unread message from my cousin that is still sitting there unread <laughs> because I, I, I'm a little suspicious about it. So, Well, and in general with emails, if the language is obviously not from an English speaker, that is usually a trigger that you need to be cautious of it too right. because there are these computer generated or messages that are made from people who are not U.S. citizens, for lack mm-hmm. of a better way to put it, that are intending to fraud, defraud you. And so often they'll have some weird language in there and you can basically tell that it's junk from that. Yeah. Most of my messages, actually all of them, do come in English though, so thankfully. Yes. Um, And then you mentioned watching your bank and your credit card statements because mm -hmm. if there is a fraudulent charge, you want to catch it early. I know a friend of mine had a fraudulent charge that ran for months before they noticed it because it was just a small amount. Yeah. And they weren't checking their statements. And by the time it was all said and done, it was a couple hundred bucks. So watch those statements every single month for transactions that don't make sense. I had one from China once that... I was like, yeah, I didn't order anything from China. Not directly. Yeah. So you got to watch that out. And even if you don't find fraudulent transactions, you'll probably find transactions that you might have missed and Mm -hmm. know nothing about that you want to follow up on. I had subscribed to something. I can't remember now what it is, but it was some sort of Amazon service that I'd been paying for like four months for. And it was like $25 a month. So it was like a hundred bucks. And I realized it and I immediately called him. I was like, can you please cancel this? And can I get my money back? Uh, yeah, but I don't think I got my money back. So those are some great ways to protect yourself. And then also it's good to understand the warning signs of scams. And we're going to need to go through this a little bit quicker because I want us to make sure we have plenty of time to get through the rest. But, yeah. you know, many of them, there's someone either calling, emailing, texting. First thing they're going to do is they're going to try to gain your trust by naming something that's known. I mean, how many people have gotten phone calls from the IRS about Mm -hmm. some sort of judgment that's about to be made? The IRS does not call you. Let's start there. Let your grandparents know. Let your parents know. Let your friends know. The IRS does not call you ever. Mm -hmm. So if they're doing that, immediate hang up. Yes. And who's gotten the the call about your car's expired warranty or your (laughs) mortgage insurance? I get student loan ones. I haven't had student loans since 2001. Nice. And I still get calls about my student loans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely you want to be a little suspicious about that one. Um, but yeah, they're going to try to to get your, your trust by saying that they're from a reputable source and then create an emotional call to action like a threat of, of legal action against you or your family or something like that. Uh, that then prompts you to act quickly to, uh, to basically avoid that, trend, mm-hmm. that action. 
and then it's usually something very unexpected, right? It just yes. comes out of the blue. There's no real uh, warning sign or there's no expectation on your, on your part on, you know, okay, some uh, I didn't pay my taxes, so yes, the IRS is coming after me now. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. It's just kind of random. And yes. so that should also be a warning sign. And then some of these, they, they come off as if they're bill collectors, but if they can't give you your personal information where you have to give it to them, that is something you shouldn't do. If they're asking you for your address or they're asking you for your information, they shouldn't have to do that if they're a reputable bill collector. And as a matter of fact, instead of answering those questions, what you need to say is, hey, I need you to send me a statement. Because if you can't give me a physical statement, I can't pay the bill. And -hmm. if they can't do that, then you're done. I've had someone, and it was reputable. um, There was some sort of bill. I never received the original bill, but a collection agency communicated with me that I owed money. And I asked them, I asked them to clarify who the bill was from Mm -hmm. and I called, it was legitimate. It was my pediatrician and something had happened to our address change and didn't get processed. But I called the pediatrician to verify it and who they pass off their collections to. And they gave me the number to call so that I was reaching out to them instead of them calling me. So this one was reputable, but if you have someone Mm -hmm. asking you to verify your personal information, big red flag. Definitely. Definitely. And the next one is kind of relating back to your text message to yourself about winning something. So a lot of times you'll get these people that call and uh, or text you and say that you've got some reward. And if you just give them your account number, they'll send you the money and put it in your account. Well, what happens is they, they you might actually see a transaction in your account. The money's being transferred to your account, but then they'll tell you that, oh, actually we over- sent you more money than we in- uh, intended to. So can you please return that money back to us? Well, by the time that you return that money, the transaction that actually gets declined, you have no money or actually negative money now because mm-hmm. they not only took their money back, but you sent them your own money. So. Yes, because once you've given them that information, transactions can go both ways. No. The biggest kind of clue to me, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yep. And then uh, wire transfer requests. So uh, it's actually uh, illegal uh, per the FTC um, law for for anyone to request a wire transfer payment. So if if you're getting a call and somebody's requesting that you use, uh, wire the money, uh, that's a very big tip off there. And then the last one we kind of talked about this at the beginning is those romance scams. You know, military oil rig working internationally and they need funds due to a hardship. You know, you've never actually met them, but you only know them through your online dating app or your online platform, Facebook, whatever. First thing you can do is do a reverse image search on Google to try to figure out if it's even a real person or if it's just a model somewhere. Um, but if you haven't met them and they've got some sort of hardship, there's a chance that that could also be a red flag. Yes, definitely. So those are the warning signs and mainly for, for scams and that kind of thing. Uh, the uh, next part that we're going to talk about is more in regards to investments. So uh, in episode 12, we talked about uh, Bernie Madoff and the big Ponzi scheme that he uh, kind of elaborately yes, elaborated. Yes, perpetrated. Yes, uh, and thankfully finally got caught for. Uh, but we highly encourage you to uh, revisit this topic. Uh, but here's kind of just like a little refresher. So we've all heard it said that, you know, not to put all of your eggs in one basket. And by that, we mean not to put all of your hopes in one specific investment when it comes to investing. Yes, I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the, the hot, flashy thing, the new thing. You know, there's there's always going to be that thing that everybody goes, well, everybody's getting rich here. 
But there's also a lot of potential for failure if you've got all of your hopes and your investments in one specific investment type. So that diversification is super important. You want to avoid those concentration risks as much as possible because it also helps limit your risk of loss. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of like those folks who left it all to go in search of you know, fortune and the gold rush. And, you know, when we put all our hopes in one investment, we are putting ourselves at a huge risk. Uh, so like you said, uh, by diversifying, we can lower that risk of loss by making sure that our money is invested in multiple uh, places that can have that can give us the potential for, uh, to earn. Yes. And in leaning into your financial advisor, because I love what you put here on your notes, you said, you know, the ones that really made money were the ones selling the picks and the shovels. Right. Your financial advisor has the ability to step back from the emotional part of your decision making when it comes to your investments and see some opportunities that maybe would be overlooked otherwise. Exactly. Exactly. And the next tip would be know before you buy. So there are new investments being sold every day. But do you know what you're actually buying? Or why? Right. Exactly. So making sure that you've done your research and that you have an understanding, not that you understand every little detail behind it, but that you understand generally how it generates its value, what are long-term goals and projections within it, what are the biggest risks. If you know those things going into it, you're going to be better educated to make a good decision when it's time to buy. Yeah, exactly. And then the last little uh, tip here that we have is, okay, say that you that you got scammed, right? So uh, we know that about one in 10 people fall prey to, to scams every year, right? So chances are that you might've already been uh, kind of involved in something like that. So what do you do, right? Well, one thing that, or a few things that, that we recommend that you do is first of all, you know, report it to the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, uh, which you can uh, do by going on to ftc.gov. And then next, you need to contact your bank and credit card companies because there are some steps they need to take to protect you from further damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and at some point, or in some ways, you might actually uh, also need to file a police report. Mm -hmm. Um, But another thing that we recommend is that you change account numbers as well as passwords uh, just to, again, make sure that you're limiting the, the damage that can be done. And then the last thing you can do is lock down your credit. You can enroll in locking programs at the three major credit bureaus, which are Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, so that when people try to pull your credit report, it doesn't allow them to so that nobody can open another account in your name. Yeah. And with that, we're down to our two cents here. So kind of like I mentioned, one out of 10 people fall prey to scams each year. Right. So make sure that that's not you by preparing for it. And if you've been the victim of a scam and you're feeling lost, we're here to help. And we would love to help you figure out what your next next steps need to be. Mm -hmm. But also don't feel ashamed. You're not alone in that. And it's really easy, sadly, in these times for that to happen. So don't be ashamed. Get some help and, and take steps going forward. Thank you for joining us today on Talking Sense. We hope you've given you some principles to work on to make sure you're protected going forward. If you're listening to us on the podcast platform, check out the show notes for a link to that episode we mentioned about Bernie Madoff. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. Next week, we're going to be talking about how to avoid investing emotionally. So be sure to tune in. Thanks for listening to Talking Sense. And if you like what you hear, make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The Gym Walt team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Or you can call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. 
Jim Walt Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.